God is good. God is good. Amen. If I could have you turn to First Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 15. And once you reach, reach the scripture, could you stand? When everyone is there, please say amen. amen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but unto God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying or by teaching. Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known that it is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, you will, you will it be known what is spoken, for you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with thee, understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, we recognize that the ministry of the church and the gospel begin with the apostles that were being motivated, inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, we understand, Father, that it's incumbent upon us to learn and to carry on that ministry until you come back. So, Holy Father, Daddy, I pray that you would use my lips, use my mind, use my heart. Help me to communicate very precisely and very clearly what thus saith the Lord. Um, Lord, because we are here to learn, to grow, and to become more like you, and to utilize every tool that you have given us, Father God, for the furtherance of your purpose in the earth. So, Father, take control. Holy Spirit, baptize me afresh, I pray. Baptize me afresh in your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is his third installment of our series, and we've been talking about the body. And we've been focusing on how the body is to function and how the body is to operate as a people as it relates to the furtherance of the gospel. Uh, Last week, we talked about the importance of spiritual gifts, um, how that everybody has a gift. And I want to encourage you that if you did not uh, hear the very long message that we gave, we're going to try to make it shorter this week. Um, Last week on spiritual gifts, then I want to encourage you to go to our website because everything is a building block. Um, And so um, go to our website. I want you to, to listen in on that. And I think it will help you particularly uh, as relates to going forward and understanding how God wants the church to function as a people. Amen. 
I want to talk to you this morning about a very, very sensitive subject. Uh, This is not something that I've taught on often. Uh, I can only think of maybe one other time that I've actually spoke on this subject. Uh, But I want to talk to you this morning about the subject of speaking in tongues. Now, you may ask the question, Pastor, why do you want to talk about that? My answer to you is because it's in the Bible. And uh, we preach the Bible. And we don't avoid anything in the Bible because it's difficult or because we don't like it. Um, I will say to you on this issue that I have come full circle. Uh, There was a time in my life, my walk with God, um, that I thought the folks that spoke in tongues, and I want to, and and please understand me, but I, I thought they were quirky, I thought they were kooky. And whenever there came any kind of discussion about the issues of of tongues, I would kind of withdraw myself because I just kind of and and the way that I did that was to say that it closed. It finished. It was a time when God was doing that, but he is no longer doing that anymore. And so what I did was I took it upon myself to say this doesn't count. And I remember that there was one time, and I would say I was safe about a year or so. Oh, I'd say about a year, year and a half. Uh, and um, I had went to a church, and they were speaking on this issue of tongues. And, uh, and one of the things that I had a problem with is I would read the Bible, and I knew the Bible set a precedent for it. What I could not wrap my arms around was that from a, from a humanistic standpoint, from an everyday operational, practical living standpoint, it did not make sense to me. And part of that was I wasn't understanding I'm talking about something that is spiritually based and trying to fit it into sort of a natural way of doing things. And so I remember going home, this preacher had spoken on this issue and because I, I would read the Bible, <clears throat> in particular 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I never could reconcile. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 with Acts chapter 2. I always saw them, uh, I, I, I just struggled with it. And I remember going home, I said, I'm going to give this a shot. So I go home, and, uh, and I'm just walking, I just start speaking in tongues. And I remember I just end up, I said to myself, man, you, you're, you're nuts, you're crazy, this is foolishness. That's what I was saying to myself, and so I stopped. Because here's the issue, <clears throat> Understand that whenever there is any spiritual gift that God gives you, that you have to have faith to operate in that. God would never, God, how many know God is a gentle man? God, one of the gifts that God gave us is the gift of our own will. So God never comes along and forces you, or as some people say, he just kind of takes control of your mind and you can't think for yourself. That's totally outside of everything that he created you to be. So as it relates to spiritual gifts, and, and really anything in the Bible, if you're going to receive it, then there has to be faith for it is what I'm trying to say. I had no faith for it. But I just, but every time I read the Bible, how many know you, you ought to read the Bible? I kept coming to it and I, I just said, but, but it's here. And, and what do I do with it? Um, and then I went to a church uh, that really was paramount in helping me to not only understand it, but how this gift is to function within the life of the church. I went to this church and the people were normal. Normal, whatever that means. Because in most of my experience, growing up in the Pentecostal background, holiness background, that I used to see some very, very crazy stuff. And these people would speak in tongues. And they would be like really crazy. And they would be like, like I would be like, oh, oh what's that? What are you doing? And uh, you know, I, I went to a church once in D.C. Uh, this was like six months after being saved. And I walked in and the whole church, the whole church was screaming in tongues. And, 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 I, was, and I was sitting there literally shaking, scared, because I had no idea what that was. And there was no explanation of what it was. And I remember they had the offering in that church, the way they did it was everybody step up, they walk up and they give the offering and then you go sit down. So I got up, gave my offering and I kept on out of the door. I left. I still could not reconcile what I was reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Because I kept coming back to it. So fast forward, I go to this church I was just telling you about and uh, the people were normal. Uh, they were educated people. They were people that 
love the word of God. They study the word of God because one of the misnomers is if you speak in tongues, you're not that bright. That's what that's what those of us who are uh, those who are evangelical or or sensationalists. Sensationalists are people who believe that certain gifts of the spirit stop and no longer happen. Fundamentalists are evangelicals. They're much, much more conservative in their approach as it relates to spiritual gifts. But I went to a church and these people seemed to be a mix of it all. And I thought these people are normal and they actually taught on the subject. And this was back in 1998. So basically from the time I was saved in 1990, 1991, um, fast forward, it wasn't until 1999 or 92,000 that I really began to practice this gift of speaking in tongues. It opened up a whole new world for me because along with that, I began to open up and, uh, to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I had been told and was communicated to me that they are no longer for today. How many of you have been told that? There's certain things that don't happen no more. Um, and so as we, as we look at this subject, I want to clear the air with just a couple of things, because some of you, I don't know what your background is, but some of you may have already uh, punched the time clock and said, okay, this is probably time and I'm just going to get off this boat. I want to, I want to ask you, please don't get off the train yet. Uh, just stay on the train with me. And all I'm asking is that you have an open mind and, and that you follow me in the scripture. And however the Spirit of God convicts you thereafter, then you do that. Is that fair enough? So let's just read the Bible. Don't, 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 don't tune me out just yet because you're going to learn something because this will enhance your ability to communicate with God. How many of you want your ability to communicate with God to be enhanced? Mine is tremendously enhanced ever since I began to operate with the gift of speaking in tongues. I want to clear there with a couple of things. Um, uh, first of all, we don't believe that in order to be saved, one must speak in tongues. That is one of the beliefs that, and I think a lot of times why, that's why in a lot of the extreme sects of the Pentecostal churches, that a lot of them oftentimes, they would almost try to force people to speak in tongues. The reason they were doing that because they really believed that if you're really saved, then this is what you would do. But they, 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 they discount, but that's not the only way that the Spirit of God manifests himself. Spirit of God manifests himself in other ways, not just speaking in tongues. You read the book of Acts. There was other ways that the spirit of God manifests himself as well. So we don't believe that. So we're not we're not here to say that, oh, that, 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 that you got to speak in tongues uh, in order to be saved. That's not biblical. We don't believe that that can be supported uh, biblically. Secondly, we believe tongues is a secondary issue. What do I mean by secondary issue? Uh, those of you who have been coming to our Wednesday night Bible study, you know we have been taught Quite a bit we've taught on what are the essentials of Christianity uh, as it relates to the deity of Christ, uh, sanctification, justification. Those are things that we as Christians must agree on. We can't be split and, you know, we can't have some people saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And then other people saying, well, I don't think Jesus is the other way. I think there's some other way. No, we, we, we can't. We, we got to agree on that. That's an essential issue. But as it relates to spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, they, they are secondary issues. It, it doesn't mean they're not important. They're just secondary issues. So what we talk about is we talk about spiritual gift. I want you to look at it in light of, in the big picture, that, that this is a secondary issue and that the church, even good, I have good believers, good Christian people that I love who disagree on this subject. How many know that you walk with people, you've been, you're going to find people who love the Lord just as much as you do, and they disagree in some areas? But that doesn't mean that they're the devil. That doesn't mean that we can't walk together. It's just in that particular instance, if you don't, if you don't believe or have faith for speaking in tongues or the gift of prophecy or healing, then that's on you. You, you can choose to do that. Then I believe personally that that's a benefit that's afforded to you that, that, that you want to, you want to experience that. That's your thing. But as for me, I want everything that God has for me. I don't want to be shortchanged. If God says that he's, ta- he's, he's sending me to build and if he gives me a bunch of tools and say, these are all the tools you got on your tool belt, I you know, that, that I want to utilize every tool. I don't want to have my belt. A good person, a, a person that, that, that is a good carpenter, you know, they, 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 they got stuff on their belt. They use that stuff on their belt. And, and, and how many know that we need to use everything that God gives us and everything that's afforded to us? I don't want the devil to steal not one thing that, don't belong, that, that, that belongs to me. I'm not going to give that ground to the devil. Amen. So so understand, so, so it's a secondary issue. 
So that means don't don't take it too seriously. Don't get mad at folks because some folk will be here. After you hear this message, some of you will say, well, Pastor, I ain't speaking in tongues. That's cool. We ain't going to go upside and say, pop, pop, smack you upside the head and say, look, you need to get this right. I'll just look at you with a lot of love and say, well, you're just missing out. Uh, thirdly, uh, speaking in tongue does not make one necessarily more spiritual. I know a lot of tongue talking. See, I've been doing this for 20 some years. And I know a lot of tongue talking devils. People who say they feel and they can speak in tongues. Boy, they're more, they can speak, but boy, their life is just jacked up. They're just disobedient. They're, they're not obeying God. They're not walking with God. You can, be, you can speak in tongues. It don't necessarily make you more spiritual. Now, I didn't say that you don't derive a spiritual benefit from it, but it doesn't necessarily make you more spiritual because you can do it. Because you still are accountable. How I many know all of us are still accountable to the word? Obeying the word. Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. So you still have to obey the word. Uh, then last, we will not force you to do it. No one here is going to ever force you to speak in tongues because I don't believe that's the way the spirit of God operates. I will tell you and I will encourage you and I will give you reasons why I think it will benefit your life. Um, but we're not going to force you. So I just want to get those things out so that some of you who are who have come from a more conservative standpoint who may have thought about getting off the train that you maybe will stay on for the duration of this message. Amen. So what is speaking in tongues? The word, the Greek word for tongues is glossia, G-L-O-S-S-A. We're going to teach this morning. Is it okay I teach you? Y'all want to learn? Do y'all want to learn? Okay, we're going to learn. So I want you to get your Bible. I want you to read along with me or look along, look on the screen. We're going to teach you from the word. All right. And uh, and so uh, so the word glossia, uh, it, it means a language as it relates to our message. And we believe that we can articulate this from the scripture. Speaking in tongues simply is prayer or praise spoken in syllables, not understood by the speaker. That would be our working definition. I want to say that again. Speaking in tongues is prayer as it relates to our study of the word of God, as we see it in the word of God, is prayer or praise spoken in syllables, not understood by the speaker. That would be our working definition. Now, I know that some of you or some of you may be thinking about Acts chapter 2. You remember what happened at Pentecost. Because the conservative uh, or the sensationalist standpoint and their view is, well, what happened in Acts chapter number 2? You got to understand that was a language. And so with those who want to discount the whole thing of speaking in tongues and call it something of the devil. How many of you have ever heard that? It's demonic. It's crazy speech. It's not biblical. How many of you have heard that? I know some folks have heard that. And, and they would say, well, you see, in Acts chapter number two, it was a language, and they were speaking to the people that were there. Well, I don't think so. It was a language that they were speaking, but it was a prayer and praise that they didn't know what they were saying. In other words, they didn't go up to them and address them and start speaking their language. You hear me? Turn to Acts chapter 2, because some of you may not believe that. When you get to Acts chapter 2, say amen. Amen. All right. And now watch this. Help me, Holy Ghost. Here we go. I said Acts chapter number two, verse number one. We'll start reading verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together with one accord in one place. Listen to this. Um, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, everybody say filled, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other what? As the Spirit gave them what? And there were, watch this, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak 
in his own language. Now, understand something. Watch this. Now, they simply had an account whereby they were worshiping God and praising God. The Spirit of God fell. Tongues of fire came down. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. Now, as far as we know, up until this point, they're not talking to anybody. Do you hear me? They're not talking to anybody. They're just praising God because the Bible says, you look at verse number, if you look at verse number five, it says, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude did what? So they heard something like, what in the world is this? So, so they weren't particularly trying to go to the people and talk to them in tongues. They were just praising and speaking to God. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? And then the multitude heard it. They heard it. And then they came running like, what in the world is this? The miracle was that those who, the Bible says it was 100 representatives from every part, from every nation on the planet that was represented. And the beauty of this was that there were people that were there who spoke different languages. And as they were speaking and praising God in tongues, they heard them speak in their own language. Now, not everybody who was there was, because the people was like, they were made. They were like, well, how is it that these Jews, we had them speaking in our own language? And so we understand that tongues can be used in a way that a person speaks in tongues, he speaks another language. That we understand based on Acts chapter 2. That happens because it happened right here. But look what some of the folks said. Then they were all amazed, verse number 7. And they marveled, saying to one another, look, are these not all uh, these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Uh, Parthians, Medians, Elamites, <laughs> those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the part. Y'all know I'm butchering that, but just I'm, I'm going to act spiritual. And parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christian and Arab. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the what? Wonderful works of God. So they're just praising God. Right? Now watch this. Y'all still with me? So they all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Now watch what some of them said. Other mocking. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> That's what I used to think. Them people are crazy. Because others were saying they must be drunk. What? What? What is this? They, they, and, and, and now what you see then in Acts chapter two, verse fourteen, subsequent verses, you see Peter then addresses the crowd. Now he begins to speak, not in tongues, but he's now now he is addressing the crowd. But just like it was back then, people heard that because we have no evidence, at least from a scripturally speaking, that this, this occurrence happened. It, it didn't begin until it happened here in Acts chapter 2, this speaking in tongues phenomenon in this way. So, so what we find is that the people are thinking now these people have been drinking, they're crazy, they've lost their mind, and they just walked away. But now, so we understand. So in this particular instance, now I want you to stay with me. In this particular instance, it, we, what we see it is that this was a language that was spoken. Now, still remember, remember our definition? What was our definition? Whoever was paying attention, what was our definition? Not understood by the speaker. So, now, remember, we're not contradicting what we said. Because they're still speaking prayer and praise to God, and they just happen to hear it. The speaker, they don't know what they're saying. They're just praising God, and the people come up and they hear the language. They're like, oh, wow. And they were amazed. But, but now, but is that meant to be the absolute standard for any use of tongues at all? Like some folks say. Some folks say that when it comes to speaking in tongues, you're only supposed to do it when there's a foreigner there or somebody where you can speak to in another language. It's only supposed to be language to another person. That's what some folks believe. The question is, was, was this meant to say that this is the way that it must happen every time? Did anybody else know of any other occurrence where the clo clo uh, clothing, the tongues came on people's head and, and all that happened? Anybody else know? Okay. So, so obviously, some folks 
want to make this argument. No, but the owner's really speaking in tongues is all about, all about language. If you're not speaking a language, then, well, okay, not so quick. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Are y'all still with me? Okay. Look at verse number two in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, for who who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? Now, you remember our working definition. All right. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? So when somebody is speaking in a tongue, who are they talking to? Generally speaking, as it relates to what we're seeing here. Now, let me say this before I read the rest of this verse. I got to read the rest. Don't y'all go ahead of me. Stay with me. So now remember, First Corinthians, Acts chapter 2 records an event that happens. First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is addressing and teaching how the gift is supposed to function in the church. Are you with me? First Corinthians, so, so, so it appears to me, and I'm a little bit logical, that Paul is addressing because in the Corinthian church, people were just crazy over speaking in tongues. So much so that Paul had to address it. Not because Paul was against speaking in tongues. He was just against the way in which it was used within the context of the local church. Going back to, let's go back to last week. What was the purpose of spiritual gifts? In the, in the, in the build the what? The build the body of Christ. All right. So Paul's whole thing is that every spiritual gift we have, at some point, it needs to be connected to building up the body. So that's what Paul is arguing here. So it, it appears to me that 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the apostle Paul is teaching and setting the protocol of how tongues is to be used in the church. So I would think that this is the standard that we need to go by. You follow me? Now watch. Some of you may agree with that. Some of you may not, but I think it's logical. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? For no one understands him. Now, why would Paul be teaching about a tongue? It would seem to me that if it was all about language, Paul would simply say, that no one's supposed to be doing that unless a foreigner walks in and, you know, you're interpreting a language. Paul here is speaking about a tongue, a kind of speaking in tongue whereby nobody understands. Not only does the speaker not understand what he's saying, but also the hearer. Because this is communication whereby I'm edifying and I'm communicating directly with God. So watch this. He says, so, so no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he is speaking what? Mysteries. Now, does it sound like Paul is condemning speaking in tongues? Does it sound like he's condemning it? No. He says, when somebody's speaking in tongues, they're first, they're talking to God, and nobody understands them. In fact, if you study 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in your private time, this is why I, I, I love to read the Bible, I love to study. But the whole book is addressing tongues as it relates to, and it seemed like to me that the normative is that is done in a way that is that, that the, uh, the hearer doesn't understand what's happening. Doesn't say that tongues can't be used that way because there is a gift of tongues, I believe, where people can speak another person's language. I believe that is a gift. But Paul here is addressing what I believe is more normative, and as he states throughout the whole 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he is speaking about a tongue that nobody understands, not even himself, but the hearer. Not only the speaker, but the hearers, they don't even understand. This is a communication where you're communicating with God, where your spirit is communicating with God. Now watch this. Um, but he who prophesies speaks to edification. Now, when he used the word prophesy, we'll talk about prophecy, not today. But when he used, when he used the word prophecy, uh, he's speaking about language that is clear and language that edifies. Remember, Paul is all about this edification thing. Because sometimes you can get caught up in a gift, and it's not about you. God can gift you and anoint you. But if you, if you don't understand that that gift is to build a body, then you can become self-centered and you miss the point. So Paul's whole thing was not that he was condemning it, but how to do it. Now watch this. 
He says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, comfort to men. Watch this. But he who speaks in a tongue, what? Edifies him what? Oh, that's how it says. Edifies him, him what? Himself. But he who prophesies edifies the what? So here's what Paul's getting at. Now, now for those of you who say, well, Pastor Paul, Paul ain't really talking about the kind of tongues that, you know, you know where you're just speaking directly to God and nobody understands. He's talking about language. Well, but, but, but look what Paul says in verse number five. He says, I wish you all spoke with what? Don't sound like a guy that's against tongues, is it? As some people would say. Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more, watch this, that you what? Prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with what? Unless, indeed, he interprets that the church may receive what? Edification. Edification. That the church might receive edification. Now look at verse number 18. I want to show you this verse as well. Paul says that again. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than what? You all. And remember the context. Paul is not talking about a language to men. He's talking about a language to God. He's a, he's a, I wish I did. You know, in fact, when he's addressing people here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he's addressing those who are using tongues in a way. And here's what Paul was getting at. These, the, the Corinthian church was zealous for spiritual gifts. I mean, they were charismatic to the core. But the problem was there was no order in how they did it. There was no discipline. How many know God is not the God of confusion? How many know that anytime there's a bunch of confusion, usually God ain't in it. So we need to get the confusion out. Y'all hear me? All right, stay with me now. So it's not understood by the speaker. So we've established that that fact. We established in Acts chapter 2 that that was a language, but then we're establishing this point that there's a kind of tongue that Paul is speaking here where it's, it's, it's a language that's communicated just between God and the speaker. And that person is edified. But, but let's take it a step further. Look at verse number 13. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's look at start at verse number. Okay, let's start at verse number 14. For, I, for if I pray in a tongue, watch this, my spirit prays. Y'all hear that, right? You see that. Paul said, when I'm praying in the tongue, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is what? I don't know what I'm saying. I can tell you that times when I speak in almost every, no, every time I speak in tongues, I don't have, I can't give you the words. I don't know necessarily what it means, but in my spirit, I know that I'm connecting with God. One of the beauties I've, I've had with learning with speaking in tongues was that, how many of you have ever tried to pray Watch this. How many of you have ever tried to pray and, um, and you prayed and you just lost, you didn't have words to say what you wanted to say? You come into the presence of the Lord, it's like, uh, duh, 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 duh. Anybody ever had that? Well, you know, when I learned how to speak in turn, that took care of that because then I can communicate right with God's spirit. Because, you know, in heaven, you see, and, and I believe the tongue is kind of a snapshot and how do we communicate with God when this whole thing is over? Because, you know, there are all kinds of languages, right? But one of the things I found is that when I pray in the spirit or when I pray in tongues, because you can pray in the spirit and not speak in tongues, too. Amen. Amen. Some people, some people think that praying in the spirit, the only way to pray in the spirit is you got to speak in tongues. Not true. You can pray in the spirit. And, well, Pastor, where do you get that from? Okay, let's read this verse. Let's keep reading. Watch. For I, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, and my understanding is unfruitful. But watch what he said in verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the what? Spirit. And I will also pray with the what? Understanding. So he's saying, in one sense, I'm going to pray with the spirit, whereby I don't understand. In other words, I'm going to speak in tongues to God, but I'm also going to pray with the what? I'm going to pray with words of understanding so I can be just as spiritual praying in tongues or whether I don't pray in tongues. Make sense? He said, I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. So Paul is here again. He is confirming. 
He is affirming a kind of tongues that is spoken that is more private between God and that person. So oftentimes what we hear is that people, uh, uh, people who are, that pray in tongues, um, you know, they're praying to God in the spirit and they're connecting with God. There are times, uh, give example, when I'm here praying, sometimes you may hear me pray in tongues. Well, look at verse number 13, if you will. Y'all there? Verse 13? So you might as well just hang out in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So a lot of times, let's say, for example, um, I'm, I'm, Maurice, come here for a second. So I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. There's sometimes, Maurice, let's just say Maurice need to be prayed for. He probably say you need to be prayed for anyway, don't you, right? We all do. But I could be, sometimes when I'm sitting there, I'm praying for Maurice, and sometimes you hear me, you'll see me put my head down, and I'm, I'll start praying in tongues. Because I'm bypassing my, the language, and I'm talking directly to God with my spirit. I, try, think of this. Let me ask you this question. What does this mean? You ready? Everybody say you ready. Say, I'm ready. ready. <laughs> what did I just say? I laughed, but what did I just say? Okay, I said it's funny, but what did I say? Why am I laughing? But do you think God knows why I'm laughing? You follow me? My spirit. See, it's your spirit that's connecting with God outside of the you don't have to use the human language. Watch. So if I'm praying, so I'm, here, I'm praying over Maurice, so I'm praying, and sometimes, and I'll just say, Lord, and when I do that, a lot of times you see me, then I'll begin to speak what I think of it. Now I'm connecting more clearly with God, and now I can speak to edify him, because at the end of the day, I'm speaking in tongues, because number one, obviously there's a, you know, I'm edifying myself, but in this particular instance, I want to pray because I'm trying to hear what God is saying for him. And so the Bible said, let him who speak in a tongue pray also that you interpret. So have a seat, brother. So if somebody is up and they want to start speaking in tongue whereby they're addressing the whole congregation, then there need to be, Paul is saying, some kind of interpretation whereby the folks can be edified. Are are you with me? Now, there are some who would say, because I'm I'm just all over the place. I'm off my notes, so I'm just gone. But there there were some who would say, well, you know what? The Bible says, you you know, you're not supposed to speak in tongues in church. Not supposed to. And you know what verse that you, you know, where it says, it says right here that when you're in church, you know, because Paul said you're supposed to speak to yourself. Okay. But it says right there. um, Let's see. Look at verse number. Uh, verse number 28 in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself in the who? Okay. Okay. So, so what does that mean to you? Just, just feedback. So let him keep silent. What does that mean? Does that, does that mean that he's saying he can't speak in, church, in tongues at all in church? What does that mean? I just want some feedback. That means y'all can talk back to me. All right. Basically, you're talking in, if, you, if you're talking in tongues, it's for yourself to strengthen you. But if you are talking and praying for other people, uh-huh. you need an interpreter so other people can be strengthened. So, so you don't look at this then to mean that he's saying that you keep silent and church not do it at all. Because I was wondering if somebody was going to say that because you know what I was going to do? I was going to tell you, look right on up at verse number 34. Now, you don't have that verse, but some of you got your Bible. But somebody read that verse out loud. Let your women keep silent in the churches. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Let your women keep what? Silent in the churches. We've been just violating that like crazy. Because we don't have a lot of quiet women in the church. But if you want to take that on face value, because people take things out of context. See, look at the neighbor say context, context is important. So people take things out of context. That scripture right there said, let your women keep silent in church. So there are some people that believe. Believe it or not, there are some churches that believe the women ought to walk in the church and don't say nothing. Amen. Keep shh, your woman. Shut up. How many of you women want to be treated that way? How many of you believe that Paul said that? 
Paul was addressing really the way in which things ought to be done. Because there were disorder. He wasn't saying that not to do it. Paul, Paul's issue was just how it was being done. So let your women keep silent in the church. So, 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 oh, well, well, women ain't supposed to talk. Women ain't supposed to teach. Women ain't supposed to preach. They ain't supposed to do nothing. They're just supposed to sit there, be quiet, and just, just learn and shut up. Now, that's a whole other message when women in ministry. I'll get to that one day. But, but you will find as you read the scripture in context, you will see how the people can make things say whatever they want it to say. And sometimes it's easier to just say things without putting in the effort to really study and understand what the scripture says about a particular issue. But anyway, going back, going back, say, everybody say, go back. Go back. All right. So, so, so here's the next point. So we, we've established a couple of things. So we established that there are tongues whereby they can be as a language. We understand that there's a tongue where we speak privately to God. Then we also establish that, that he does not forbid speaking in tongues in church. Now, let me say this. It is a controlled gift. Everybody say controlled. controlled. What is one of the fruit of the spirit as it relates to control? Control. All right. Control. Now look at look at look at this verse. Look at uh, start at verse number uh, twenty. Let's see. Um, to start at verse number twenty, um, th- verse thirty. No, I'm sorry. Start at verse number thirty-two in First Corinthians chapter fourteen. So we're just in First Corinthians chapter fourteen. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I mean, that those who are operating the gift that the spirit is subject. In other words. He's saying there that you are you can control what you do. In fact, if you look at uh, uh, if you look at the other verses there, Paul says in verse number twenty two. Look at look at verse twenty two. Stay with me. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. By prophesying, not for unbelievers, but to those who believe. Now watch this. Therefore, if the whole church, everybody say church, comes together in one place, and all, everybody say all. Underline all. And all speak with tongues. And there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they say, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Interpretation. Will they not say you are crazy people? I went to a church. There's some crazy people. They're mumbling. They're babbling. I have no idea what they're saying. But if all prophesy an unbeliever, uh, 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 unbeliever and, or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. Now jump on down to verse 26. How is it then, brother, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for what? Paul said, look, we got to build each other up. That's why we come in the first place, right? Don't you want to be built up when you come to church? If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three. Watch this. At the most three. I'm sorry. Let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak himself and to God. Let two or three uh, prophets speak and let another judge. So now he's talking there about prophecy. But what is Paul really addressing here in this verse? He is speaking about order. Everybody say order. Because the Corinthian church were out of what? Order. So bad that Paul had to take a whole chapter and explain to them that y'all need to pipe this down. Because what's happening here is that you got people walking in and they're turning around. Because how many know Paul expect foreigners to come into church? You know, how many know the Lord expect y'all to bring people to church? Now, this brother, uh, let's just say this sister been praying for this one person for weeks. We can pray and pray and pray and pray and bring him to church. We don't want to scare him off or her off, do we? So we got to we got to so so we got to be sensitive. Everybody say be sensitive. So so whatever gift I have, Paul is saying here, watch this, that we can control that gift. He didn't say don't do it. Now watch what he says in verse number. Look at verse. Look at verse number 33. For God is not the author of what? So what was he saying? What was the, the, the indictment against the Corinthian church? 
There was a lot of confusion. That's why Paul had to set it up. He had to address them. Corinthian church had a lot of issues. You ever read the book of Corinthians? I mean, they were, they were fleshy. They were just jagged. They were tore up. But, you know, all of us are kind of, you know. <laughs> I got somebody that's preaching with me over here. For God is not the author of what? Confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God wants all his churches to function where there is order. But look what he says in verse number. Watch this now. He says in verse number 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, because what does prophesying doing? Everybody, people can hear and they can understand. So let's just say I had a service and I just stood up here one, one Sunday morning and I just said for 40 minutes, Hey, Karaburoshita, Hey, Nana Burushiki, Karaburoshita, Humala Burushita, Raburushita. Y'all walk out here, y'all be saying somebody needs to help. You be calling the police, uh, calling the hospital, because he spent 40 minutes and that's all he did. And I don't know nothing he said. Now, I myself was being edified. Oh, I feel edified. I'm connecting. But I totally, you didn't, you didn't get what I was saying. So if there's going to be somebody speaking in tongues in the church, there need to be somebody, that, whether it's the person that's doing it, that says, look, let me, let me kind of explain to you what God is saying. That need to follow up with that, some kind of interpretation so that what? All the church can be edified. Because sometimes you, you hear, you, you know, now give an example. We're praying, in, like, we're praying like our prayer meeting. We have a prayer meeting. And you know, in the prayer meeting, we're all believers. In most cases, most cases, only Christians come to prayer meetings. Most cases. Uh, and so if somebody's kind of praying and they're speaking in tongues, they're praying to them and God, I don't per se have a problem with that. But when we're going to be addressing the whole church whereby you're this, while you're here and you're going to start doing that, then there need to be something that says, okay, what the Spirit of God is saying. Because the church needs to be, that's what Paul said. That's not what Pastor Gary said, that's what Paul said. Now, those who are in extreme element, they, they, the other folks are well, but pastor, you're, you're squashing the spirit. Let me, let me ask you a question. How am I squashing the spirit if it's in order? I can speak and tell and be full of the spirit, and I can be quiet too and be full of the spirit. I can do both. So Paul says, don't forbid it. Is that what he said? Look at verse number 39. Therefore, brethren, desire in earnestly to prophesy and do not what? Forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done in decency and in what? Here's what Paul was talking about. The issue of order. So, here's what we need to think about. Now, how do, how do we do this in the church? First of all, we need to understand that uh, we're the body of Christ. And if you feel the need to speak in tongues, you can pray in tongues to God. Nothing wrong with that. But if it's going to be a situation where you're going to have the attention of the church, I mean, no, there need to be somebody who can give some direction to what you're saying. Because I need to hear it. Because maybe, and maybe I'm just not as spiritual as you are at that moment. I mean, no, we, I mean, no, we all go through various things and stuff that we're dealing with. Secondly, we got to make sure we do it in decency and in order. Third, you don't want to be like I did when I was at that church in D.C. Uh, you run people out. Paul said, if somebody walk in and you acting crazy, they don't want to come back. Now, there is, as we understand, if you look at the book of Acts, you see over and over again that there were times when people got saved, they got filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's a whole other issue that they begin to speak with other tongues. They just start praising God, speak with other tongues, because they were receiving that gift. So somebody here, somebody, for example, we pray, somebody want to receive the Holy Spirit or gift of tongues, and we pray with them. It's a different setting because they're receiving the gift. They're receiving, so we pray over them, and they're receiving the gift. That's, that's different than just walking around, just kind of like, because remember what the, the Apostle Paul is talking about, that we need to remember that this is all about how Number one, that we build up the body. Because here's the issue. We want to communicate with God more effectively. Prayer in my private life allows me, it edifies me, it builds me up when I speak in tongues. 
But if I'm going to do it here, I need to make sure that it's tied to edification. Now watch this. Now do, does all, do all speak with tongues? Look at that in, in closing. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I got to stop. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 29. If you can go there for me real quick. Um, starting in verse number 29, 29, are you there? It says, uh, all apostles, all prophets, all teachers, all workers of miracles, do all have the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. I believe that there are two different kinds of gifts. I believe there's a gift of interpretation in speaking in tongue where you speak a language. But I also believe that this is my personal belief. You have to derive at this yourself. I believe that speaking in tongue as a private matter between you and God, which just is you and God speaking, I believe that's available to everybody. As I, as best as I can understand it, as I read in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, because Paul, Paul is addressing the, he's addressing the whole church, and you got the feeling in looking at this, there ain't just two or three doing this. It's a, it's a whole lot, and Paul was not squashing it; he was just saying how it should be done. So I believe that there is a, a gift where you interpret, where it's a language, but then there's also this private kind of speaking in tongue. And I believe the Bible supports it, as we just showed, where you can just speak directly to God. It's available to you if you want it. Now. Some of you may have heard this message say, well, Pastor, um, not good enough. I'm, I'm not even going to consider it. Then my thing to you would be, okay, that's you. We still love you, and we ain't going to force you to do it. Um, but here's my issue. Don't get mad at other people because they decide to use the gift of speaking in tongues. Don't condemn them and say you're of the devil or something wrong with you. Because the reality of it is, is that you still got to deal with what the Bible says about the issue. You can't skirt over what you don't like and what you're not comfortable with. And some of you may not be comfortable. That, that's fine. But, um, but it's, it's, available, it's available to you. How do you receive this gift? I think it's very simple. Like you receive any gift. You receive it by faith. Paul said earnestly desire. If you desire it, then just pray for it. So, Lord, I, I want this gift. I want to be able to speak it tongue. If, you, if you're a person that, let's say, I think a person that want to go in a mission field, Folks like that, I think that you ought to pray for that gift. Are you speaking to other nations and languages? I believe you ought to pray. Lord, give me. I've heard of, I've heard of several people. I haven't heard of a lot. I will give you that. Who have gone to foreign lands who have spoken other languages other people and were able to communicate. God gave them that gift. I believe that, that can happen. Um, so earnestly as I then you've got to have faith for it. You have to pray for it. So you want to see, you pray for the Lord. This is what I want. I want to be able to do this more. And then you just receive it by faith. If you have faith to receive it, it's as simple as that. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.